0: Welcome to the latest episode of the Apple at Work podcast. I'm your host, Bradley Chambers, as always. And this week, we've got a pretty unique topic. And if you're not in the weeds of this technology, you probably have barely heard about it. But I promise you, it's something you're going to hear a lot about in the future. And so this week, I have Andrew Vonage from Salona on the show. And he's, he's their director of solutions engineering. And this week, we're going to talk about cbrs based LTE. Andrew, welcome to the
1: show. Thank you, Bradley. Uh, nice to be here. Thank you. Yeah, so
0: you and I have known each other, gosh, a long, long time. So you um, have obviously very well known in the Wi-Fi industry. You used to run Wi-Fi for Target, uh, worked at Arrow Hive and other and other manufacturers, have a great blog, Revolution Wi-Fi, which is like one of those just classic Wi-Fi blogs that like, I still search for things and I'll find an article you wrote like five years ago. And literally I wrote one, of, like, I got a link to one of them in, a, in an article a few weeks ago it was still relevant. So you've done a lot of good work for the industry. Um, and, and so I, I think we've even been on a podcast, my old uh, K-12 podcast with Fraser Spears uh, out of school that I did years and years ago. I think you may have even been on one of those years ago. So, um, but, but you are working for Salona now. And I've been kind of following CBRS-based uh, LTE, this kind of private network, private LTE. So, so tell us really, what is
1: this? Yeah. So, well, again, thanks for having me. And yeah, I think we've, we've known each other for a few years now. I mean, at least going back to 2011, 2012 timeframe, probably. Um, and, and thank you for your kind words about my, my blog as well. Um, you know, I like to say I used to blog quite a bit uh, before I had kids. So <laughs> when you, when you reference five-year-old articles, uh, almost all of my articles are five years older or more at this point, <laughs> but, but I appreciate it. Um yeah, so to talk about uh, private cellular networks um, it's a it's really a new paradigm uh, offering an, an additional choice for for wireless networking for enterprises and so um, it's really been opened up in the last uh, six months or so it's been about four years in the making uh, between the FCC and and some other lobbying parties in the industry but really what they did is they they targeted Uh, mid band spectrum in the 3.55 to 3.7 gigahertz range, which has good characteristics for both uh, propagation, which means how far can it cover, and also has good capacity, meaning how much data can you get through on the spectrum. So it's kind of pristine, you know, uh, frequency band for, for both of those characteristics. And they really looked at what they could open up. And this is part of a larger initiative that the White House and the SEC undertook to open up additional spectrum that was potentially being used by the government and the DOD and and military that wasn't very heavily used. So they tried to identify, you know, upwards of 500, um, megahertz, I believe. And and this was part of that initiative. So um, they had initial commercial deployments starting September of last year, and it just got fully commercially available in January here of 2020. So not more than three or four months old at this point. So if people haven't heard about it, not surprised, very new technology. Um, But it it offers uh, enterprises a way to deploy their own cellular networks in conjunction potentially with the Wi-Fi networks they have today.
0: Yeah, this is, you know, that's, I don't think that's what people realize is how new this industry is. And there is a lot of like regulatory stuff involved that has to be approved. And because there is such a lead time with like, you've got to, like, you can't really get, build the technology or build it into products until the government approves everything. And then you've got to, you know, it's a chicken and egg thing. And, and we see this with Wi-Fi standards as well. It's like, well, you know, as soon as, uh, something's ratified or something's approved. Everybody wants all their stuff to have it and it just, it's a, there's a lead time. And, and so what's really the key benefit? Like if I'm an organization, what's my use case for kind of my own private cellular network?
1: Yeah. So that's, you know, that's top of mind as the, you know, initial question that everybody's asking and, and identifying what their use case is and why this might make sense in their environment. And I think there's a couple of key things and, and it really it comes back to um, a couple of strengths, of of cellular protocols and technology compared to Wi-Fi. Um, they both have strengths and weaknesses. So it's not, you know, one versus the other. It's really what's what use cases are best fit for each technology. So we envision enterprises having both technologies deployed and, and cellular being just another option for them to deploy where it makes sense. And so the the benefits that we really see in the marketplace and for actual real use applications out there. Number one, um, private LTE in the CBRS band has better coverage than Wi-Fi. So uh, that means indoors we're seeing typically a three to four times better coverage in in distance and quality than Wi-Fi. And outdoors, um, because of much higher power limits actually, we're getting um, over 10 times or larger the, the coverage area of a typical Wi-Fi access point. So what that boils down to is indoors, we're seeing a single uh, private LTE access point being able to cover somewhere between 10 to 30,000 square feet. And, and that's really just a, based on the structure of the building and the facility and then some variances in there. Uh, if it's more open you might be on the higher end of that coverage range if it's more closed off offices and, and walled in environments might be on the lower end and then outdoors because of the higher power limit which actually goes up to potentially 50 watts of power which is really high um it can come sim, uh, approach similar coverage as like an outdoor macro network that you might be familiar with from a public carrier so that could be um half a million to a couple of a million square feet in coverage and for like more like point to point or fixed wireless scenarios you could actually shoot links across a mile or, or more of distance. Um, the second huge benefit of the technology is that since uh, LTE as a protocol and 5G will do this as well is that the access point controls the spectrum and schedules all traffic from clients both uplink and downlink and so it really can control the reliability, predictability, and have some guaranteed SLAs for applications and devices um, based on your own you know policies that you need to, to configure. So if you have mission-critical applications that need highly reliable wireless and uh, don't fluctuate uh, at all, um, you can really schedule that within the system and say, "Hey, this application, I always need three megabits minimum of throughput, and I always need, you know, less than twenty milliseconds of latency, or whatever that target is, and a given packet error rate." And the system, both at the radio layer and at the the backend um, packet core uh, perspective, will allocate the resources, monitor them in real time through KPI tracking. Um, And then uh, adjust the performance on the fly to make sure that those devices always meet those minimum targets. Um, And then just two other quick um, benefits to mention while we're at it. Um, The mobility and roaming aspects. So LTE and and 5G as protocols are really um, built from from the ground up with mobility and, and roaming in mind. And really that means... Not only for very high speed, like driving in a car and, and, you know, making sure your voice call is maintained as you uh, move between access points, but also for lower speed, um, where Wi Fi roaming might have been problematic for a lot of organizations in the past think warehousing shipping, where you're moving around shipping containers, you're moving around pallets of product. Um, potentially challenging RF environments where that mobility is present. Um, The handover is coordinated on the back end and controlled by the infrastructure, whereas in the Wi-Fi world, it's all up to the clients. And as we know, or if you've been in the Wi-Fi industry for very long, uh, clients just have a wide range of performance variability and quality of implementation. So on the LTE side, that's more standardized and controlled. And then the last one is just uh, efficiency of of LTE as a protocol to handle higher density of network deployments so for very massive iot type deployments with thousands of sensors or uh, iot type deployments um, lte and 5g can really handle that quantity of of devices um, based on how they do some resource allocation again between the radio and the packet core a little bit differently uh, than wi-fi does they can handle those really dense client environments
0: i'm really kind of envisioning in my head like that managed LTE or these private networks is possibly like what we envision in the future with like autonomous vehicles where everything's more controlled and where wifi is kind of more what we have now with interstate system and like sometimes there's a lot of traffic and then sometimes there's no traffic. You can go really fast and then like, but there's really no control and the clients kind of control everything is, would you say that's a fair analogy?
1: Yeah, it's a decent analogy. I think, you know, um, Wi-Fi has a lot of benefits for, you know, the burstable nature. So I mean, as we look at you know traditional internet applications or data applications, um, Wi-Fi is great for those large file transfers, that generic productivity type environment. Um, but what we're seeing in in a lot of enterprises right now, they've got a lot of initiatives and use cases that um, are potentially requiring either very very reliable wireless links, and that variability uh, from a Wi-Fi perspective has either led to um, you know, trials that haven't gone well, or just that risk factor that organizations are doing uh, on their, you know, decision-making process of, yeah, it might work 98, 99% of the time, but that 1% is still a big deal, and we just can't tolerate that. It needs to be work flawlessly. And so that's really some of the the places that uh, private LTE and, and private cellular networks really come into play.
0: What What industries are kind of, prime to take advantage of this i'm in my head envisioning healthcare um because of the use cases that uh, a doctors using devices to pull up patient data and and but am am i am i right thinking there is that is wi-fi still best for that industry
1: uh it's a lot of different in- industries are looking at uh, private LTE and private 5G right now. Um, healthcare is definitely one of them. Uh, some of the use cases in healthcare are like critical voice communications. So nurse and doctor paging and, and voice communications that um, having been in Wi-Fi, definitely we make, you know, a lot of voice applications uh, work over Wi-Fi and healthcare. But it's, it's very difficult to do that. And so what we see is there's also not only like the effort involved, but then the scale of how many customers can actually realistically can, um, you know, professionals touch in these environments. So healthcare is one. I'd say other ones are uh, industrial and manufacturing with a lot of uh, automation and robotics that they have going in there. Uh, same for warehousing and logistics. We see a lot of shipyards, rail yards, looking at automation of, of mechanical systems. Um, Um, automated vehicles and autonomous vehicles. Um, University and and higher education is a huge early adopter at this point, looking for a lot of outdoor campus coverage and use cases for video for surveillance, um, video for computer vision type of applications. They're looking at uh, connecting um, critical systems for campus safety or emergency blue lights. and then we just see generic uh, enterprise and corporate environments as well. They're looking for this for, um, let's say, retailers looking at mobile point of sale and some other sensitive applications and that they need to uh, offload off of Wi-Fi. So some of those, especially where you get into like guest Wi-Fi scenarios where you're trying to share the same resources with an unknown uh, element in guests and visitors coming in or even your own staff members who are doing BYOD and potentially using applications that consume a lot of bandwidth and drive that congestion and and variability, getting the mission critical apps just away from that onto cleaner spectrum, onto something that's a more controlled environment.
0: What, What devices, I mean, is this something that's like built into devices today or is this like an add on that you have to buy and add on to say a mobile device? Like how do we get this in our devices?
1: Yeah, so the market's still very early, but the ecosystem has been growing, especially in the last uh, 12 months or so. So from an Apple device perspective, there's already devices on the market today that support it. So the iPhone 11 series, all of the iPhone 11s, the 11, 11 Pro and, and Max all support it. The new iPhone SE supports it. And the new iPad Pro just released here in 2020 uh, supports it as well. Um, and there's a range of other devices as well that can be from sm- uh, other smartphones that are Android-based. There's um, Windows and Android uh, ruggedized tablets. And there's a host of both gateways and routers that have like a, a number of Ethernet ports on them to connect legacy devices or connected devices like in vehicles where you have like a multitude of devices that you want to backhaul over private cellular or, uh, spot devices like that are ruggedized and meant for very point solutions like, um, ethernet to CBRS bridges for industrial or, um, hardened environment. There are hazardous environments that require those types of ratings.
0: Well, and those things are probably often, um, expensive to replace. So those kind of adapters I'm sure will be very, very popular where in situations where like Wi-Fi maybe is a more difficult, um, Environment to control, and and again, I think that's the key. Is like this is not. I, I look at this and everything I've read about it. I say I view this as a complement to Wi-Fi in situations where like Wi-Fi isn't the best application or it is difficult to control. Like you said, a, g- a good example is like the retail environment where you want to offer guest Wi-Fi, but then if you can move your all your point of sale on a private managed LTE, that's like the ultimate VLAN, or it's yeah. like it's like knows nowhere it can get near it, and we can control it, and we know. Uh, no one, you know, if someone gets on there and downloads a big file, that it's not going to slow down the latency of credit card transactions. And I'm sure for PCI compliance, it's even it's even better.
1: Yeah, I think you know, you talk. We've talked a little bit about the performance, but uh, differences between Wi-Fi and LTE, and and some uh, some of the use cases that, from a technical perspective, businesses might consider it. There's also the control and visibility of their own data. Uh, aspect to consider, so and the security implications. So, you know, some of these use cases, businesses have gone and looked at the the public mobile network operators to go solve them, and and uh, but those are heavy cost, subscription based, you know, models that have high recurring OpEx over time. Um, because you're, you're leveraging, you know, an external network, and then you also have to f- figure out the security implications of going back through a, a public operator's packet core and coming back into your environment for application access. How do you secure that? And you're looking at a lot of effort to to you know drive a whole security architecture around that. Versus deploying a private LTE or private five G network, um, it's just another on ramp onto your existing uh, switched and routed network that you own and control today. You have co- full control over all the data flowing over that private cellular network, full visibility. You're not asking a public operator to share some of that data with you, which often they're reluctant to do. And it folds into your existing network architecture from a cabling switching routing perspective and the whole security model that you have built around everything else. So if you're subject to HIPAA or PCI compliance or other regulatory or audit requirements, you've likely built out a, a, a large infrastructure Uh, of many different solutions that are layered together uh, to meet those requirements. And plugging in cellular into that means, hey, you just drop clients onto the cellular network and you put them onto, you know, specific VLANs on your network and you can fold them right into those existing architectures and security solutions without having to do a lot of forklift replacement or or redesign.
0: And so I guess the better analogy would be like, this is the HOV lane of a freeway. It's more controlled. Only certain things can get on it. And it's, there's, there's a lot more. It's kind of more managed. And so I, I, the the PCI compliance, the auditing piece, I had really not considered that until we started talking to the, today because if, if you've never had to go through like a PCI compliance scan and, and all those questionnaires, like you kind of have to prove that you know what you're doing and you built a solution that's compliant. I can imagine it, a part of that process in the future is like my devices are on, you know, CBRS managed LTE. Check. You're done. That's it. Because it's a controlled environment and it's controlled spectrum, uh, which is kind of the opposite of Wi-Fi. Uh, and that's awesome that Apple has been building this into their, their products. And I'm sure we'll see this, you know, over time just come down the lineup. And as these devices get built and organizations begin to ramp up their plans, um, they'll probably already have a fleet of devices that work with it. And, and I think the key one there is the iPhone SE because of how low cost that is, it being at $399. Um, And then I'm sure as we get the low cost iPad supporting it, uh, I'm sure very soon, that'll be even better and they'll open up additional uh, use cases. So, so Salona is a company that's built for this. Like what, what is your, what is y'all's role in the, the managed LTE uh,
1: space? Yeah. So Salona, the company I work for, um, we're a solutions provider essentially. So we make an end to end solution uh for a private lte and a private 5g network that uh, customers can buy and that our partners can he- uh you know sell and and uh, help design and implement for customers so essentially what we're what we're doing is we've um, looked at what the, the the existing architecture and solutions are in the cellular space and so one of the key things that we identified very early on was that the way a public Mobile network operator builds their macro network for nationwide coverage um, is is not the same way that enterprises need to deploy a cellular network. What works for them is not going to work and scale down to even a Fortune 50 or a, a medium size or a small mom and pop you know uh, company. Um, what what uh, enterprises really need is they need an all in one solution that is kind of streamlined. So that's easy for them to deploy without being a cellular expert or having cellular experts on staff, because quite frankly, myself coming from the enterprise and the Wi-Fi world, um, a very large barrier to entry understanding standing cellular technology. Um, it's just not like grassroots Wi-Fi where you could just, you know, go read a million blogs, um, and, and pick up the technology as you go and get training. It's very, it, it's less accessible to a certain degree. So we, a focus for us is really just making it available and accessible to enterprises to deploy without having to be experts. So we provide the access points that you hang in your ceilings or put out outdoors. We provide the packet core, which is um, kind of the centralized controller that can be deployed on premises or uh, in a data center. Um, and that's mainly a software stack. So it, it can be deployed Uh, in a highly resilient fashion on virtualization infrastructure. Um, And it's really been designed from the ground up to have all the features and the rich capability of a cellular network without uh, an enterprise having to, you know, pull it together and integrate a whole bunch of components themselves like the the carriers do. And then the third component we offer is the, the cloud management, what we call the the Solona orchestrator. And that's the management GUI and web UI um, that you go into, you configure your policy. It has all the analytics and telemetry out of the system. Um, it has machine learning that we're building into it to identify applications and help get visibility into your network, as well as then dynamic policy on uh, what QoS and SLAs should be applied to applications dynamically. And then it has a whole uh, northbound API. So. DevOps is all the rage in, in enterprises these days, with coding and dynamic, um, uh, you know, programmability in the network um, from external sources. So we have a full uh, API for both REST API for configuration and management, as well as then a streaming and telemetry API out to uh, you know management dashboards or reporting systems that you can leverage. So really, we provide that end to end. Of we, we provide the APs. The, the Slona Edge, which is our packet core, as a software stack that you can deploy anywhere you want and is highly resilient, and then the management a- aspect.
0: Yeah, it, it, what you said about Wi Fi and, and it's not as really accessible as Wi Fi, I think that's a great kind of point to make because in the early days of, of enterprise Wi Fi, Wi Fi is, I guess, a resilient technology and like you can put it in very poorly and it's still kind of functional. And especially if you and especially when Wi-Fi was started it, it was we just didn't ask it to do much and so everybody kind of grew as as the demands grew but with this technology people will come to it expecting 2020 version of Wi-Fi as an experience and so you can't kind of half do it and if you don't know what you're doing and if you're just a, a Wi-Fi person or you're a general IT person this is a new technology that it's probably not very easy to pick up
1: Right. Yeah. So the barrier to access is both, you know, on the skill set side and the training, which is kind of has a a steep learning curve and it's also on the cost of the solution. I mean, uh, some of the other solutions out there are really like trying to force fit what the carriers do into the enterprise. And so they'll bring in, you know, a whole rack of gear that costs a million dollars and say, well, if you want your own private cellular network, this is what we need to do. We need to pull in all new fiber to all these locations for the, access points and antennas, we need to put in a rack of gear in your data center that costs a million dollars. And um, you know, it's just very inaccessible. So for us, I mean, as just having, you know, an AP that is very familiar and uh, looks very similar to a Wi-Fi AP that plugs in via cat six and POE plus into your network, and then a software kind of um, enterprise packet core, Um, that, you know, you can deploy in minutes into your, you know, virtualization and hypervisor infrastructure. Um, That's really all there is from our solution. So we've kind of redesigned it from the ground up. Um, So hopefully it it makes it, you know, streamlined and, and much more accessible for people to just kind of wrap their arms around. Well, that, this
0: has been really eye-opening, and I, I think it's going to be really important for Apple-focused organizations in years to come because, if, again, Apple clearly has a commitment to building in this technology into its devices already and really being on the forefront of that, which is kind of unusual for them. Usually with new communication standards, they're more taking a year behind everybody else, but so they're really getting ahead of the game.
1: Well, I, Apple, Apple loves wireless. I mean, just remember, they, they were the first one to introduce Wi-Fi into their... Um, laptop lineup. I mean, I remember the Steve Jobs presentation on the, was it the iBook? Mm-hmm. Like 90, 99 or something like that. 98, maybe. Um, they were like, that was a big deal in the, in the wifi industry to really kickstart adoption of, of wifi as Apple was a big driver in that, in that uh, market growth. And I think we're going to see the same thing here is um, for certain verticals, Apple's going to be a huge driver of this technology, I think.
0: Yeah, and it, well, it's important for the enterprise too, and that's really their focus um, or one of their focuses right now, and that's really one of the areas they're growing very quickly is in the enterprise market. And so, if they can have the devices that work well with this technology, that are affordable, they're easy to deploy, easy to manage, um, it's going to be it's going to be great for them. It's going to be great for their customers, and then that kind of you know goes right along well with what you all offer. Um, if people are wanting to learn more about this technology, um, what what's how, what's the best way to start?
1: Yeah, the best way is probably just to go to our website, uh, salona.io. We have all information up there about our solution. Um, We're putting out a lot of content quite regularly on trying to educate the market and educate folks on this technology and what the value and benefits are. Just since it's very early days, right? We want to be one of those leading uh, drivers of people learning about the technology and, and making it accessible. That's really one of our primary goals. So even if you're just looking at learning about it, we've got a lot of good articles Uh, we've got a YouTube channel, uh, for Salona, uh, team Salona out on YouTube, if you search for it, uh, and with a lot of good instructional videos. So we've got videos from, um, JR, who's our, um, technical marketing engineer. He's doing a lot of lab testing of devices, kind of real world hands on, Hey, what's this look like? How do I connect it? The type of videos, um, if I want to test it, how do I do it? Um, I've got a lot of videos from a couple of conferences and events we've done to educate people on just the technology, the theory of both CBRS and of LTE as a protocol. And I'm going to be continuing to come out with stuff um, from real world deployments that we're doing with architecture and design. And then we also have a series coming out from uh, Mehmet Yavuz, who's our CTO from, uh, from the cellular side and he's going to be doing a lot of things on emerging standards and, uh, kind of hit uh, where we're going in the future with the roadmap of, of cellular technology, especially in the enterprise. So.
0: Well, we'll, we'll include some links to all of this information in the show notes. So if you're wanting to kind of go and take a deeper dive, check out the show notes at nine to Mac.com. Uh, if you're listening uh, in your podcast app, they'll be in there as well. Uh, and so Andrew, if people want to connect with you further, what's th- for them the best way to get in contact with you?
1: Yeah, um, probably just reach out via LinkedIn. Um, I'm Andrew Vanage on LinkedIn. Um, Should be easily searchable there. Um, That's really the best way is just uh, shoot me an invite. Uh, Maybe drop me a note in the invite so I know why you're reaching out. Uh, Always helps. Or you can find me at shoot me an email at uh, andrew at salona.io. Like everybody these days, I live and breathe by email on a day to day basis. So uh, shoot me an email and I'll be in touch.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I, I think um, a lot of people are going to have a lot of interest interest in this technology going forward. I think it's going to be um, it's going to be the kind of that new tent pole between Ethernet, Wi-Fi, and then managed LTE. I think it'll be one of those things that you'll see a lot of organizations use a mix of all three where it makes sense. Um, so we'll wrap up there. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, we would appreciate you giving us a rating. If you're listening in Overcast, give us a star. That helps new people find the show. Um, and if you're listening on the web, open up your podcast app, search for Apple at Work, and you can subscribe. We have new episodes every other Tuesday, usually no longer than 30 minutes. Uh, so it's it's not going to take up all your time, but we always try to make it in- informative. Learn about what's happening with Apple in the enterprise. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.